We're going to dive into the Word today, so open up your Bibles, if you have them, to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's just read verses 16 and 17. It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or woman of God may be complete Thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture given by inspiration of God, that the man or woman of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, we are here to hear a word from you, God. We need the bread of life that nourishes our soul. I pray you would speak through me this morning. Give us ears to hear what you want us to hear. God, help us to be in a position to receive your implanted word with readiness and with gladness, as the scripture calls us to. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, I love 2 Timothy so much. There are few letters in the New Testament. First, 2 Timothy, Titus, some would say Philemon is in there as well. These letters are considered the pastoral epistles. And so when it comes to church uh, health, church governance, pastoral responsibilities and commands. Uh, uh, these letters are of particular importance and significance for everyone to read and soak up and just stay immersed in over and over and over again as God continues to do what he does in the church. And so this is likely the last letter that Paul wrote. The Apostle Paul wrote uh, probably 66 to 67 AD. He was in prison. This was his second uh, like long imprisonment that he had, and many believe that he ended up being martyred while he was still in that second imprisonment. So this was probably the very last letter that he ever that he ever wrote, Holy Spirit authored. And so he's talking to Timothy, and he is really focusing on a couple of things. He's focusing on church health, on church governance, but he's also really focusing on the importance and the purity of the unadulterated word of God, of the gospel, of contending for the gospel. Throughout these letters, you can see that he gives quite a few warnings. He said, hey, there's going to be false prophets in the end times. There's going to be false doctrine. There's going to be all kinds of things, all kinds of wolves. They're going to try to creep in, and they're going to try to take the sheep. They're going to try to disrupt what God's doing. He's giving those warnings and he's, he's explaining what they're going to look like to put us uh, in a position where we are able to defend against that stuff. But he's also talking about the power and the potency of the Word of God, how really the Word cannot be threatened, how God's kingdom cannot be stopped, and if we'll stand on that and contend for that, it's going to happen no matter what. He says things like the Word of God is not chained. It cannot be stopped. It cannot be prevented from being advanced in God's people when it's allowed to do what it's meant to do. He says things like, Timothy, just preach the word. I mean, he simplifies it. Just preach the word. You know, you don't have to get far outside this stuff. Stick with the word of God, and if you preach the word, the church is going to grow. Isn't that amazing to think about? I mean, we do so much here, as you've seen, to, to not only outside the walls, but also here, you know, we focus on great praise teams, we focus on screens and trying to do all the stuff that we can do uh, to have a great worship experience. But at the end of the day, if the word of God is not being preached, then it's all for nothing anyway. And, and we can stand on the fact that if just the word of God was being preached, that whole Bible from front to back in a strong, convicted way, led by the Holy Spirit, that this church is going to grow. 
And every church that does that is going to grow. Jesus said, I will build my church. He takes full responsibility. So the only thing that we have to know as the church is that we are the body. When you speak about church, you have to look at it like the members are the body and Christ is the head. So as long as the body stays attached to the head, everything is healthy. But if you cut the head off, that's a problem, isn't it? It's like the headless horseman. Like, we ain't going to run around without a head. And you say, well, that sounds kind of dramatic. Well, listen, you'd be surprised how many churches God is not present in. I'm just saying, like, we get so caught up in our programs and our things and our wants and what we want to do, and then all of a sudden our on-fire, passionate relationship with Jesus, who's the head that drives everything, that leads everything, that guides everything, begins to get separated or severed, and then the body begins to die off and become inept, impotent, and irrelevant in our generation which is never the picture of the church, but it happens when that body and the head become disconnected. That's why in the book of Revelation, one of the admonitions that God gives to the apostle John is he said uh, to the church, to one of the seven churches, he says, you've become a loveless church and you've, you've left your first love. You do all these great things. You have all these wonderful programs and all of these different, for lack of a better word, outreaches and things are going on, but you've lost your first love. You've left your first love. He said, this thing I have against you. And if you don't return to your first love, he says, I'm going to take away your lampstand. Now, this is some powerful stuff, and I'm, not, I'm just going to lightly touch on it today for time's sake. But a lampstand represents the church, and it represents the members in the body. And the lampstand holds the oil, and it produces the light. We hold the light, but God is the light. And so he's saying, if you don't stay holding the oil and stay full of oil, which is the anointing of God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus present, then I'm going to take away your lampstand and you're not going to shine in your community the way that you're meant to shine. Because it's really all about the glory of God and not about a work of man. And so the body and the head have to stay connected. And, and so in these verses that we just read, you heard it say that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, which also means it's God-breathed. So he's, he's breathing his life out when we read this word. And he said that it's good for all of these things that the man or woman, you know, he says man, it means woman too, of course. He says man or woman of God that may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So here's what you need to understand. That it's all about health. It's all about spiritual health. Healthy things grow. Unhealthy things produce unhealthy outcomes. That's a fact. And so this word, when he says it'll, it'll make the man of God complete, thoroughly equipped, he speaks to the fact that it will nourish the whole man and the whole body. It will grow, it will nourish, it will feed every part of who we are and what we're called to be. You want to be a great parent? Guess what? The Word of God will feed that into you. You want to have a great marriage? Guess what? The Word of God will feed that into you. You want to be on fire in your vocation and make an impact in the world for God through what you do for a career? Guess what? The Word of God will feed that into you. The Word of God is fully adequate to supply every need that we could ever possibly have. 
And so healthy things grow. And as we talk about 2020 vision, the direction for this year, my, my heart of what I want to share as we're growing, in some ways we're growing so fast that it's, it's hard to keep up with, the whole thing that I know as a leader, as the pastor of this church that is absolutely of critical importance is we got to stay healthy. We have to stay healthy because healthy things grow. And I want to make this, I want to make a statement now I would ask you to write it down if you're taking notes and to really think about this and meditate on this as we move on. But it's this. Healthy ministry comes from healthy people under healthy leadership in healthy churches. And I'll say it again. Healthy ministry comes from healthy people or flows out of healthy people under healthy leadership in healthy churches and our focus is about being healthy and so much about health involves balance you notice that he says the 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 complete it'll make the man of god complete says the whole man and here's the reality in our in our lives and even in churches we can become unbalanced we, we can we can make it all about one particular area instead of about the whole thing that God's calling us to do. And if we're not careful, because we pursue one thing and neglect everything else, then we get very unbalanced and then we start to become unhealthy. And then nothing healthy flows out of unhealthy people or unhealthy churches or unhealthy ministries. Does that make sense? And so I want to talk to you about three areas that we are, I believe, that we are very healthy in and that we must remain healthy in. But obviously health is a, is a, is an, it's a, uh, it's a dynamic condition. It's not static. Just because we're healthy today doesn't mean we're going to be healthy tomorrow. The things that we have to do to be healthy at 100 people are going to be very different with what we'll need to do to be healthy at 1,000 people. Just like the things that my wife and I did when it was just the two of us in our home to be a healthy family are very different now regarding the things that we do to be a healthy family of eight in our home. Does that make sense? I mean, growing, yeah, I know, that's crazy when I said, wow. <laughs> Woo, overwhelmed just hearing that. Um, and so we, we want to focus on health. And so let me just share briefly the first one which is we have to be a healthy church have to be a healthy church you see the church is god's instrument in the world to bring the kingdom of heaven into the kingdom of earth it's god's vessel it's his instrument when i say the church i mean we we are we are the church right remember is god's instrument to bring god's plans and his will into the world and to advance the kingdom he's set it up that way he's chose it that way we're not just a bunch of mindless robots that just God controls like puppet strings. Like he's given us a will. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, listen to this. You know, when God, it says God created us in his image, God willed everything into existence. He willed it and it was so. So when God created man, one of the greatest reflections of us as a reflection of God is that he put a will in us. The desire to choose for him or against him. And so the church is God's instrument. It's his chosen vessel to accomplish his works here on earth. 
But if we don't remain connected and submitted to God, and if he doesn't remain in control of everything, then we could kind of depart from that and become ineffective in that mission. It's just the truth. But the church is really the hope of the world because we carry the light of God. We carry the good news in order for people to hear so that people can be saved, restored, and redeemed and, and accomplish what God's put them on the earth to accomplish. The church is the army out doing that. Here's another amazing thing. Just think about this. This will blow your mind. The church partners with heaven in this accomplishment. We know that there are principalities and powers that are uh, angelic hosts that are executing and carrying out God's mission, God's tasks, and his assignment. And the angels partner with the church as, as one big army and actually carrying God's will out here in the world. This will blow your mind, but it says that the church, God uses, as he uses the church, that the manifold wisdom of God, which is the multifaceted wisdom of God, this is in Ephesians 3, it says the manifold wisdom of God is displayed to the principalities and powers in the heavenly realm. Meaning angels actually look upon and learn things about God by the way he works through his church. It says that it's like the mysteries in the Old Testament that prophets preach, Christ came along and fulfilled, and now he's using his church to share that good news that these things even angels desire to look into, to study, and to understand. That's amazing. The church is a massive force that is meant to advance the kingdom of God here on this earth. And the church must remain healthy. Speaking to that whole balanced concept. You know, you can look at these four signs in the back of our sanctuary right there. Experience, extend, expand, and exchange. These are the areas that we are focused on as a church continuing to be active in. This is our mission. Experience. It's all about relationship, prayer, worship with God, having intimacy with Him. Expand. We're about raising up disciples and growing people to spiritual maturity and multiplying the kingdom. Exchange. We're about community and fellowship. Iron sharpens iron and you have to have great relationships. Extend. We're sharing the gospel and we're serving those in need. The poor, the orphans, the widows. We're commanded to do these things. So there's really five distinct areas that the New Testament church was active and thriving in. And we have, to, we have to maintain a position in all of those areas. You say, well, we're just going to get focused on worship, and we're just going to focus on worship, and we're just going to let all that other stuff just kind of happen as it does. And you become imbalanced after a while. You say, well, we're just going to focus on serving, and you know what, that's all we're going to really do, and then we're, we're going to just let the other things take care of themselves. You become imbalanced. And, and so a one-focused track really reflects a ministry, not a local church. Does that make sense? The local church is balanced in all those areas, and that's what we want to make sure we do is remain healthy and remain balanced as a church. The second thing is healthy leadership. Number two, healthy leadership. We know that the Bible tells us that God has put is called and, and uh, commissioned different offices of leadership in the church to help the church grow, to oversee the works of ministry, and most importantly, to equip the saints, which is the body, the congregation, to equip the saints for the works of ministry. 
And so I just say everybody has a ministry. That doesn't mean you're a pastor. It means that ministry is an act of service to the Lord, serving God with your talents and abilities to make a difference. And so the leadership in the church, when functioning properly, is equipping and building up the body to release them into works of ministry. But leadership has to remain healthy. And so there's a couple areas that I just want to hit on. But first of all is healthy governance, healthy governance structure. And so I'll explain this to you, the way that we view this, the way that we are positioned and set up, is we believe in a concept called theocratic governance. Theocratic governance, which means that it's God-led. When we move into an area, when we do anything, we have a program, a ministry, we seek God for direction on that. We don't just jump out into our own desires and our own plans. So it's theocratic in the sense that it's God-led, God spoken and God designed. And, and so we have a, what we have for a leadership structure is we have a senior pastor. So there is a, a single leader. We believe that a, a multi-headed leader is, is not healthy for the church. A single-headed leader. But there is also a, an elder board that the church is governed by. And then the mission of the church is executed and carried out through the staff and the leadership and through the congregation. So my role as a senior pastor is to seek God, is to pray, to seek Him, to understand what His vision for this church is and what He's calling us to do, and obviously to be wholly committed to the Word of God so that I can feed the people with what God is wanting to feed them to nourish them and help them become strong. Those are, those are my main areas of responsibility. And so whenever we pray and we seek God and say, man, we think God's called us to do this effort or to move into this area or to look at this property on Route 3 that we're looking at right now. Like that is, those things are initiated through much time in prayer, many times in fasting, just seeking God, studying the word and letting God speak. And then we will, I will go as a senior pastor and sit with our elder board and say, here's what I believe God is saying. But this is a plurality of leadership. And we seek, we seek unity in this room with this group. And we say, do we feel that God is saying the same thing? And we trust that those people who we are appointing to serve in that capacity, one, hear from God, are fully aligned with us in our DNA, our doctrine, everything. It's, an, it's what we believe is a lifetime appointment. So this is not a small matter. And once we see that the, this elder board says, yeah, we feel that this is what God is speaking and saying, then we are, there's confirmation, and then I can go now as a senior pastor and say, let's, let's go execute this mission. Who do we need? Uh, how are we going to accomplish this? We're, what resources are we going to put together for that? And so that's the way everything gets carried out. Now, I do want to say this, because this is 2020 vision, and I, it's important people hear some of these things. Over the first couple of years, we've had people who have come to the church, you know, visiting, kind of starting to want to get involved and all that, and they have a very different view of what church governance should be than what we do. I don't judge that. I just say, look, we have our view, and I know why we have our views. We believe it's the most accurate biblical reflection of the way it's supposed to be set up, but sometimes people have a view that, like, the, the, the church and the congregation is like a democracy and they just they vote the pastor in, vote the pastor out, they, they make all the decisions and they control everything. 
And that's just not what we believe is a healthy governance structure or a biblical structure for the way it's carried out. So in a lot of those cases, when people have come and that's what they really want, that's what's important to them, we realize like we don't really have alignment on this. And so it's, it's something that might make a difference in whether this is a place where people choose to plant their feet and grow their roots. So healthy governance obviously is important. Healthy pastoral leadership. You know, I mentioned my responsibilities, I believe, mainly to lead and to feed the congregation. As the church has grown, you know, uh, my commitment to those things is unchanging, but it's caused less time for a lot of other things. Hence the need for more pastoral support. I believe we'll probably add more pastoral support to this team over the next year and probably other personnel positions because I, obviously there's only so much that I can do and some of our uh, limited staff right now can do as well. And so we have to remain healthy. You know, I'm committed to my family. I'm committed to my time with the Lord. I'm committed to, to rest. Uh, you hear all these statistics about one out of ten pastors is actually still standing in ministry after like 20 years, mostly because they crash and burn and they cannot keep up with the emotional exhaustion that is depleted from them. I refuse to be a statistic. I am, I am here for the long haul. I want to do this till the longest possible age that I can get to. So my physical health, my spiritual health, my emotional health, all that, it's a, it's a priority for me. Those are major things because I want to keep me and my wife and my family healthy so that we can be a healthy pastoral team and that that can obviously flow down into the rest of the organization. Uh, you know, the last few, the, the first few years of the church, I preached about 50 Sundays a year. I mean, that's very, really, like, I share that with some of our gateway friends, and they're like, dude, what is wrong with, like, you're gonna, you cannot keep doing that, you know, and they've been very concerned about my health because of the amount of output there, and so really recognizing, look, you, you need to probably have less weekends so that you have better quality, you have more rest time, and let's, let's present a more balanced diet, and let's get some other anointings in the pulpit, and let's feed the people with some other stuff too. So that's a part of the transitions that we're making right now to keep the church healthy, to keep leadership healthy, to keep us healthy. Does that make sense? And the last thing is just healthy leadership. You know, we have what we view as leaders overseeing ministry departments um, we would call that a leadership role. Anyone that oversees even one person in a ministry department, a project, or an initiative, we view that's a leadership role. And it's very significant whenever it's given in the church. Because no matter how you look at it, when you are in a leadership role overseeing even one person, people view you as someone who can help them with their spiritual development. It's just, you cannot separate those things. So when we put someone in a leadership role, we, we strive to make sure, as the, God, as the letters in Timothy say, make sure they're tested and approved. People come here with great talents and great abilities, and we see that. But I'm just telling you, until we walk with them for a while, until we trust their heart, until we know they're committed to the vision of this house, they're not going to be in a leadership role. We'll give them a responsibility. We'll give them something, but we're going to test them. We're going to see how they flow with the rest of this body and if this is really what we have peace about, that they're called to be in a leadership capacity as well. We want to make sure that they're healthy, that, that they represent the values of the church. You know, you may have a great, great ability here on the pulpit, but if you've got a, 
a, a broken marriage or an addiction problem or something like that, like that's, that's a challenge. We, we can't commission those things in the leadership. And so I say that to, to all of us as a body. One, obviously our leadership knows this and that this is a priority for us. But as a congregation, we know that we, we can trust if someone is carrying a leadership role here in a position that they've been tested, that they've been uh, prayed over, that leadership has reached a consensus, that yes, we believe that these people are fit for who we are and what we believe is sound biblical leadership based on the criteria that Paul lays out in the pastoral epistles. Does that make sense? And then the last thing is healthy people. Healthy people. This is, this is where we, obviously, what it's all about. We want to raise up people who are healthy in body, mind, and spirit. They're, they're balanced in their life. That the word of God is nourishing every part of them they have healthy marriages, healthy homes and families, sound and healthy in their finances, physically healthy, like, you know, all of these things the Bible speaks about. And so we want to raise people up who are well-balanced, healthy individuals so that they can fulfill the works that God has called them to do in their life. And I would land on Ephesians 2.10 with this particular point, which says that we all of us, are God's workmanship, meaning he's a master craftsman and he has created us as a masterpiece and a reflection of himself. And we are always a work in progress to become that, right? We're never perfected in that, but we're a work in progress. He says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would do. Which means God has work for you to do as a part of this army in his kingdom with a purpose and a destiny. And if you're going to fulfill that in an effective way, you have got to grow to a place of spiritual maturity. You have to be a healthy, sound, balanced person and a healthy church with healthy leadership where the word of God is alive and powerful. Just like, Paul, just like he says in demonstration of power and spirit. It means this thing is alive and flowing in this church and in this setting. When that is happening, then healthy people are being raised up and are being released into those works of ministry, whatever that may be that God has called us to do. Amen? And so the closing statement is, is that we are contending for a culture of health because healthy things grow. We want a culture of growth, but we must maintain a culture of health in order to see that culture of growth. And the word of God will produce that. But we will have to fight for that, each and every one of us. So you say, I want to be a, a healthy, strong, grow into spiritual maturity. Here's the thing. You have to take responsibility for that. Does that make sense? Like if you came in here, you could have a healthy church, healthy leadership, healthy ministry, everything happening. But if you didn't say, by my will, I am, I am yielding my will to God's will. I want to become a healthy person. I want to grow in my spiritual maturity and in my faith. If you don't want that, it can't happen. You have to desire that. And if you want that and you get put in a place where there's a healthy environment that's ripe for growth, guess what? Things are going to grow, not just by addition, but by multiplication. Because God is into increase, and he's into it by way of multiplication, not just by addition.
Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, uh, for being a God of vision. We thank you for being a God who speaks to us. And I thank you, Lord, for having a purpose, uh, for having a vision for this church that you've called us to do. I thank you for bringing us alongside of other churches who are all about building the kingdom together, that we are working in a spirit of unity to reach our communities and reach our region. I thank you for each and every person who's here today and for the destiny that you have placed upon their life, the good works that you prepared before them before they were ever even born. Help us, God, to rise up as an army to be able to equip more people for this destiny that you've created them for, that we may be healthy and we may be effective in the works of God here in our generation so that more can know you and the kingdom can be advanced through us and through this church. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah.